0: From API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day.
1: Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. Gary Luquette, president of Chevron North America Exploration and Production Company, recently testified before the House Natural Resources Committee, providing Chevron's perspectives on outer continental shelf access. Gary is in the studio with us today to discuss these issues. Welcome, Gary. Good to be here. Glad to have you today. Can you provide us with an overview of the messages that you delivered to Congress today?
0: Well, as you suggested, uh, today's discussion was about access in the OCS. And so my messages to Congress were access is very important. Access can lead to incremental investment, which would be job-creating, which would ultimately lead, we hope, to more development, more supply, more revenues for federal, state, and local governments. So good for the economy, good to create jobs, and with additional supply, we lessen our dependence on foreign sources, which improves our energy security here in the U.S.
1: Why do you think the U.S. government should open the OCS to greater exploration and development. You've described the economic benefits. Are there others that perhaps the American public should be aware of?
0: Well, I think when you talk about energy security, you're also talking about national security. And I think when you look at our country today, even with uh, suppressed demand because of the economic situation we find ourselves in, we're still importing over 60% of the crude that we use primarily for transportation fuels. And so increasing domestic supply and reducing our reliance on these unreliable foreign sources of crude just makes good sense. In addition to the economic boost, I think all Americans should be aware of how heavily dependent we are right now on foreign sources of crude, and we have an opportunity to become more self-reliant.
1: Are there certain areas of the Outer Continental Shelf that you think would be the best prospects for oil and natural gas development?
0: Well, yes. I mean, you know, typically when you start thinking about prospectiveness, you need to go to some data in order to ascertain what that prospectiveness is. And for us, for industry, the the most fertile area that has the, the most robust data available is the eastern Gulf of Mexico. It's also, just by coincidence, by chance, closest to existing infrastructure, which means that if you do find commercial quantities of oil or gas, you would be able to connect it into the marketplace that much quicker. So clearly, the eastern Gulf of Mexico would be a place that we would recommend we start first.
1: What about alternatives? There's been a lot of talk about wind and solar, particularly since President Obama uh, began in his uh, administration. Shouldn't we be developing new sources of energy now?
0: Yes, we should. In fact, that was both in my written testimony that was provided to Congress as well as in my opening remarks today, my oral remarks. We are going to need all forms of energy. However, you know, when you look at even the most aggressive forecast of how fast renewables and alternatives are going to develop in the marketplace, even under the most uh, aggressive forecast, we're still going to have oil and gas supply a majority of the energy in the portfolio. So what we have to do is ensure that we have a healthy, robust oil and gas economy as we continue to develop the alternatives and renewables that in the end are going to be very, very important in the total energy mix. The message I passed along today is we're going to need every molecule we can get our hands
1: on. How do you answer the comments of people who say that we really should just be concentrating on renewables and alternatives right now and that we really shouldn't be using oil and gas because long term they'll do more economic harm than good or more environmental harm than good. What do you say to people like that?
0: Well, that sounds good on the surface, but it's just impractical from a marketplace standpoint. First of all, there's not enough capacity in the marketplace to invest in research and technology and development to get the renewables at scale to be able to satisfy the energy demands of America. So, you know, what we're talking about with oil and gas, is to continue to invest in that sector, both conventionals and unconventionals, to provide that bridge until commercial scale size uh, renewables and alternatives can be developed.
1: Will we still, though, at some point continue to have a problem with liquid fuels? That's where the problem seems to be right now?
0: That's the, that's the segment of the total energy equation that is most problematic Right now in the transportation sector, we are highly reliant on gasoline and diesel fuels as the primary sources, and everything thus far that has been investigated seems to have difficulty in competing economically. That means you either have to have heavy industry or heavy government subsidies, or the consumer needs to be willing to pay a lot more to move into the alternative-fueled vehicles like fuel cells and hydrogen vehicles and electric vehicles. And, of course, they have their limitations as well in terms of distance traveled and uh, the speed at which the vehicle can travel and other things that are restraints. So these are things that have to be worked through over time in order for us to start weaning ourselves on the
1: liquid transportation fuels. You addressed Congress today, but if you had the opportunity to also address President Obama... What would you say to him?
0: Well, there's two things I'd like to offer to President Obama. The first is that the oil and gas industry, I think, can be a major player in economic recovery in the U.S. We can do that through uh, increasing the royalties and revenues paid to the government that would come through open access and the ability to develop new leases and creating incremental jobs as we exploited those new leases. Secondly, I'd like to suggest to him that he start looking at energy in a different way, and by that I mean instead of it being fossil fuels or alternatives and renewables, that it become fossil fuels and alternatives and renewables. We all agree, and in this session today that we had with Congress, every one of the speakers uh, was in support of trying to increase renewables and, and, and alternatives in the total energy mix, but we all realize that that's going to take time. And with a healthy oil and gas business, that would provide the bridge or the transition to the new economy that uh, would have a larger percentage provided from renewables and alternatives.
1: Gary Laquette, thank you so much for joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio. And thank you for the opportunity.
0: Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org.
1: That's energytomorrow.org.